Hola, listeners. Welcome to the Adventure Seed Podcast, a random roller podcast where every show is different. I'm Whitney. And I'm Heather. Out of 20 possibilities, we rolled for psychology articles for our adventure today. We're digging deep into mental health awareness with articles from around the interwebs. Let us first start by saying, if you are struggling with mental health, uh, this show uh, just comes with a trigger warning for mental health discussions. Uh, so keep that in mind as you listen today. But the not, first too, article, not too triggery. Like, no, it could no, also be helpful. Like, Yeah, we're going to keep it light. Um, the first article that we're talking about today is a Film and TV Missed the Mark in Portraying Mental Health Conditions by the USC Annenberg staff. Then we will discuss what TV gets wrong about mental illness by Dr. Agnes Catherine Costello. Finally, we talk about how to find help and hope through the article, Pop Culture Should Be, sorry, Pop Culture Should Teach How to Show Up for Those Who Are Struggling by Shabnan Mahagarbi. And if I say your name, Shabnam, I'm sorry. You did an awesome job. You're such a teacher. You can say all the names. <laughs> um, we also rolled for drinks. Uh, Heather rolled up a Diet Dr. Pepper, and I'm mm-hmm. having a Moosehead Canadian lager beer. So stick around and see what chaos we come up with today. So I think when we were picking these articles, one of the the things that, that really stood out to me is how often we've just touched on mental health throughout a lot of our other podcasts. We've mentioned uh, a couple of times how uh, you, Whitney, have bipolar disorder. And just in the last week since we recorded last, uh, my OBGYN has started me back on a medication to help with my postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. I haven't had the baby yet, listeners. We're just planning ahead this time. Um, because last time things got really bad. Um, and I think that's smart. And I'm really excited that your doctor is taking like a listening to a female patient and actually diagnosing for the needs instead of the assumptions. Yes. And so when we rolled psychology articles, focusing on mental health head on, it can be really difficult to do, especially if you are somebody who is kind of like in the middle of that moment of mental health crisis. And if you know people that have mental health conditions, sometimes knowing how to approach them or talk to them can be really intimidating. And so I think it's healthy and positive to talk about those things head on. Absolutely. Um, When, whenever I, would start dating somebody for the first time, like I would almost immediately bring up bipolar disorder. I mean, in in the first date, because it's, it's not something that necessarily defines me, but it is a practicality of my daily life. And it does, it does make a difference because things that most people can handle that everyone talks in a certain tone or a certain way, or does a certain thing, most people can handle that. But there are certain things that are very triggering for bipolar disorder and there are things that are triggering for other, for other mental illnesses. And just knowing all the tools in your tool belt, like, like, and, and having them, that, that just makes a huge difference. And to, to give that gift right up front and say, Hey, look, 
I would love, you know, for you to be a part of this. And this is, it's a, it's a constant recovery. When you have a mental illness, it's not curable. It's a constant, you know, recovery and influx back and forth and ebb and flow and all that jargon, you know? Absolutely. And I do want to like highlight and give mad props to Whitney. She has been making the conscious effort for a long time through social media to be 100% as much as she can be in any given moment open about what it's like to have bipolar disorder. She makes beautiful bipolar disorder 101 um, Facebook posts and reading those experiences, reading about how her brain works, how she sees things to me is like one of the most enlightening things and knowing that she might be in the middle of, of a moment, I want to say moment of crisis. That sounds like really, really dark, but like, I know the way that you've described the way that your brain goes. Sometimes the place that your brain goes sometimes, like it's like a, a, a dark hole or something that you've talked about before with me. Oh, absolutely. And so being able to like sit in the bottom of that dark hole and try to talk about it in the moment on social media or shortly after the moment in a way that helps other people understand the hole you're sitting in is really admirable and really hard. And, and so knowing that you make that effort on the regular is, is really awesome. And as someone with anxiety, I struggle to express how my anxiety, like I have general anxiety, chronic anxiety um, that I've been diagnosed with for a long time. And when I get pregnant or have a baby, it just like compounds in on itself a hundredfold. And finding ways to express my anxiety brain is something I struggle with. And I've always really admired you for being able to express bipolar brain in a way that makes sense to people that don't have it. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. I really appreciate it because it's real. It is really challenging. <laughs> it's really it's really hard on this show instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this might be a, a we might have a few little tears, but we're gonna keep you know trucking along. This is a this is a this was a tough one. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I um I think we both were trying really hard to put this off. <laughs> <laughs> and we're both like if we if we hide from it enough maybe we won't have to do it <laughs> so you want to jump in and and figure out let's go yeah. let's go swimming in our psyches for a little while guys yes. all right so the first article oh, yeah. uh film and I'm tv trying to consciously i'm trying to consciously remove guys and dude as well so oh, yeah gender inclusive language I, I don't mean it in any way because it's not no. Like, I don't mean it any way, but enough people have been like, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll try. I'll try yeah. to work on that. Folks is my favorite gender inclusive replacement. Y'all. Yeah. I'm a y'all kind of lady. Um, so the first article, Film and TV Missed the Mark in Portraying Mental Health Conditions by USC Annenberg staff, talks about um, some of the ways that uh, film and TV characters dehumanize or trivialize people that have mental health disorders and it really highlights um these tropes in uh top grossing films and popular tv series to show the context that mental health is being 
used in for entertainment purposes. And um, one of the stats that really stood out to me first was that fewer than 2% of film characters and only 7% of TV characters are shown as having a mental health condition on screen compared to 20% of the U.S. population. So it's a highly underrepresented group of people on TV, but even when they are shown on TV, they're shown as tropey, and and it just kind of gets a lot of information wrong. Absolutely. I uh, So just to clarify, uh, the parameters for this study seem to be in the year 2017, Mm-hmm. TV and like film and, and TV from I, I believe the year was for 2017 yes, um, is when they the slice of time that they pulled this from so it's a fairly recent article the journal the I mean, the report was released in 2019 and it's it's very it's as someone who lives with bipolar bipolar is one of the most attacked tropes I feel as far as the mental illnesses in pop culture there are so many one of my dearest friends um, he is a, a wrestler manager his name is Warren Peace and he was terrified to talk to me because he knew I had bipolar disorder not terrified terrified is not the right word but he was just like oh I don't know that I want to get that hot mess in my life I don't know you know I don't know that I can handle being friends with somebody who's bipolar and that's the common and no negative to him whatsoever because that's how everyone thinks well especially when a lot of movies and tv shows so show people with bipolar disorder as just like people that snap all of a sudden and go they demonize them made they're, they're like oh this person went on a killing spree they must have bipolar right. disorder or her bipolar disorder she went off her meds so she she's crazy and gone and right it's just yes those things do happen absolutely but that's not the average like most people live healthy lives with mm-hmm. bipolar disorder or semi-healthy lives because it's it's always a constant struggle and I'm not I'm not lying there mm-hmm. but it's it's yes there are extremes but there are extremes in every single culture realm the sports absolutely science you know you you've got that's just the way that the world works so it, it really gets me all boiled up and angry and one one of the movies that was so I think it was in 2017 or around that time was um, Silver Linings Playbook. Yes, I love that movie, a, but they don't. It's a novel. Right. Well, they get some things right. It, it, it was touted as one of the breakthrough moments for bipolar disorder. Yeah. And a lot of uh, bipolar news, um, bipolar weekly, all, all these different, these large groups were very excited about this movie and it did get some of the things right it really did it showed like he he really like you really do have weird bouts of rage where you're you get so obsessed about something like when he was reading through the all of his um, ex-wife's teacher book his her teacher list Mm -hmm. and like the the book went flying out the window because he got so angry at it totally believable absolutely Mm -hmm. that stuff happens and he was in the middle of a crisis type situation and a crisis type situation with bipolar disorder and why it is a little tricky is because it can last for months. 
when when you're in a crisis there are types that are like rapid cycling where it's a lot less like you have ups and downs a lot of ups and downs mm-hmm. in one month time so it, it it portrayed a lot of things but it also demonized a lot and also like poo-pooed a lot like by the end he was all happy-go-lucky and everything was fine and normal and he his whole life worked out for him and it was great that's not how it is right you can have moments of that you have windows of that but it's 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 hard work and it's it's rewarding because the the benefit like the the flip side there's pros and cons to everything the benefits are amazing but it's you pay dearly for them i think one of the things for non-bipolar people that they struggle to understand is how every person with bipolar can be so different because everyone's cycle rate is different. Everyone's highs or lows are varying degrees of highs or lows. And so even if you know one person with bipolar disorder and you learn to understand and communicate and respect the boundaries of that one person, meeting a second person with bipolar disorder is going to be a whole different journey with that person. And to a degree, to to a degree, to a degree, there are a lot of symptoms that overlap, but that's the same as, as depression or anxiety. You have your core symptoms that all people with this particular illness suffer. Mm -hmm. And then you've got all the degrees but that's where pop culture really is doing as a disservice Mm -hmm. by honing in on just one thing the most lurid of that thing and then having so so much underrepresentation yeah but I think uh, I think because it's a medical condition a lot of people try to treat it like a broken arm like oh this person has a broken arm so we're going to put it in a cast we're going to give them some pain medication and in a few weeks they'll be better but mental, right. mental illness doesn't work that way. And even if someone has found uh, a medicine cocktail, because there's also very rarely just one pill that fixes it or helps manage it, there's usually a series of pills that you have to, to use and try and tweak. And so even, even if the person has found their perfect medicine cocktail, um, it's not a one size fit all medical remedy. And, Unlike a cast that's going to fix a broken arm every time, that medicine cocktail also doesn't always work forever. Um, right. And so I think I think as we talk about mental illness with people, it's important to realize that, yes, it's a medical condition and it has coping strategies. And some people do go the medicinal route. Some people don't. And that's OK, too. Um, but it's not a one size fit all treatment like it would be for a broken arm. Right. Well, and it's, it's, it's very, it's just to quote the report, mental health is stigmatized and trivialized in film and TV. Mm -hmm. And so in, in film, there's a, let's see here, there's 87 characters out of 4,000, out of 4,598 characters in film, there is a total of 87 characters with mental health yep that's insane to me that and i I hate to use that word insane but that that's just it's very bizarre to me Mm -hmm. that they they don't show any of that and you as a teacher like teens mental health isn't even in it at all hardly 
it says seven percent of the film teens had a mental illness and I know you don't want to diagnose too young but at the same time there's a the 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 suicide rates in our schools are staggering absolutely and in case we have people listening that are are in Knox County schools that the Knox County schools family lost somebody very recently to suicide. My own school lost a student to suicide a couple years ago. Um, it's becoming more and more prevalent in our teens. Well, and last year your school had multiple attempts where yeah. it could have, if they weren't found and you all weren't diligent, mm-hmm. it would have been a much worse situation, but th- we're seeing those numbers mm-hmm. across the U S well, and that wants to take me to our second article while we're on that topic, what TV gets wrong about mental illness uh, by Dr. Agnes Costello. She talks about how a lot of film and pop culture and TV really is glorifying and romanticizing suicide in pop culture. Uh, And she brings a lot of attention in her article to Netflix's 13 reasons why, uh, which was a story of a teen suicide and the aftermath of that suicide. And she says that that type of show validates the faulty fatalistic thinking that mental health professionals try to move teens away from. And when I talk to my teenagers, one thing my school did that I think has been really beneficial for a lot of kids, not for every kid and not every faculty member does the program with fidelity the way that I wish that they could. Um, But we have something called core circle. And so every other week I meet with the exact same group of 15 students and September was suicide awareness month. So we, we sat in our circle and we just very frankly talked about suicide awareness, warning signs and how to get help. And, and what we emphasize to our teenagers in this group is it's not your job to fix the person or fix the situation. It's your job to get the person to a safe location and then get an adult or qualified person involved, whether that's mobile crisis or a guidance counselor or another teacher. Like your job is just to stay with that person and keep talking and don't leave them alone. And because a lot of teens, like if you tell a teenager, like, it's your sole duty to stop someone from committing suicide. Like that's way too much to put on a kid. Absolutely. Um, and so just talking to them about what some of the warning signs are, how they can help a friend, how to broach the subject. One of the biggest things that we talked about is, okay, you've seen your friend with these warning signs, but you don't want to just like go rat them out to the guidance counselor. So like, how can you talk to your friend? And we talk about like low stakes, conversation starters like hey I noticed you've seen a little down lately do you want to talk or you haven't seemed yourself are you okay and sometimes just that little that little thing can open the door to give someone permission to talk about whatever has been on their shoulders lately and um, this article really talks about how there's a stigma behind talking about mental health Uh, And I think you touched on that beautifully when you said some people are like, oh, bipolar disorder. I don't know if I want that level of crazy in my life. Like there is a stigma and our our pop culture media has really created a lot of that stigma. 
And so part of our responsibility in talking about mental health is breaking those stigmas back down again. Well, and, um, and a reason why that I give a lot of kudos to uh, my friend Warren Peace is because he, he, he thought that and then was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm not going to listen to what everyone says because that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to her and just see. And he, and then he took steps and researched bipolar disorder and like looked up some articles and watched a movie, Rock and Roller Bipolar. And was like, this is okay. This is this is different. This is not what everyone keeps trying to say. Which Rock and Roller Bipolar is such a great documentary. Um, if you all want to check that out, but it's just he he's so. When people hear of a mental illness, like this article, she talks about how um, psychiatrists and therapists and everybody are are shown on TV to be very cold and not wanting to talk to you and being being scary like a scary place to go and so like kids and adults both no one wants to go to that no one wants to be there they don't want to be in a big scary room with a giant waterfall behind it and somebody staring at you you want to have an open honest conversation and they they have warm welcoming offices they will talk to you though you can there's lots of different ways you can do it by text now mm-hmm. you can do it by uh, skype there's just, there's just so many ways that they they want you to be here. They want you to live another day. They want to help. They want to talk to you. And it's not straight. It's it's depression or bipolar or whatever isn't straight. You're okay, and then suddenly you're suicidal. There's a long cycle in some situations where it takes time to get sad. It's not this big drama that TV and movies try to make it sound. It's not a blink of an eye and you're you're at a mental hospital you know it's there you you can hear your friends when your friends are like it's just really I'm really sad old Tom or it's really dark or they certainly don't like the same like they've not eaten all their favorite foods that they usually are they're listening to sad music all the time they're watching dark tv that's outside of kind of their norm or they're just I watch dark TV and dark movies and shows all the time, but there's a difference between watching a few episodes and like binging it for 36 hours straight, you know? So there are signs that you're not doing great and TV just doesn't show us that movies don't show us that there's a lot of books that are now doing that. And there's to be fair in the last year or so, there's been a little bit more, but the 13 reasons why, like you can tell, and we've had this discussion about rape before, you can sh- you can have the mechanic in it as long as you talk about it in a healthy way. You don't have to show all the nitty gritty, dirty details of of that situation. And I think the thirteen reasons why, or thir- is it thirteen reasons why? Yeah, that like that basically said like step by step how things went down, and that's completely unnecessary. You don't have you can show the aftermath. You can show how bad it was or, or, or different things, but don't the romanticized part is like showing how things like you're giving them a guide, a step-by-step guide. And that's not appropriate. Absolutely. And well, and in talking to my teens at, at school, because we, we had discussed what their thoughts were on 13 reasons why um, in our core circle and things like that. And a lot of them said that, one of the things they like, especially after we had lost a member of our own student body, they said like 13 reasons why really 
like it made it seem like it was cool to kill yourself because now exactly. look at all the attention you're having. And they were like, after losing a member of the student body, they were like, this is just sad. Like, this is just sad. And, and yes, we've had a nice memorial for this student. And yes, we miss this student, but like, they're not here and life keeps going. And that kind of sucks. And not that students that are close to her or that, that care deeply for her have forgotten her. She's still at birthdays, and I know this year coming up on her graduation that she should have been at is going to be hard on kids. But, like, they don't talk about her every day anymore because she's not here. And they don't think about it every day anymore. And so 13 Reasons Why almost makes it seem like if you kill yourself, like, your name is in these, like, blazing glory lights forever and it's just not. No. Um, and one of the biggest things that my students have brought up, because you you talked about the perception people just immediately like go from being totally normal to mental institution. A lot of my kids did have a fear that like, if I bring up my mental health, I'm going to end up in like some 72 hour lockup against my will. And, and that's, that's a misconception that they have about what talking about mental health is. Well, and, to a degree. To, right, well, to I a mean, degree. There are certain and, and things I, that you can say that are going to immediately land you in that 72-hour lockup situation. Well, but, but, that's not, but that's not fair either. And that's what I, that's what I kind of want to interrupt you. And I don't mean to yeah. interrupt you on this one. But the, mm-hmm. like you, you hit, a, you hit a, a kind of a sore spot. So like sometimes people say dark things and that doesn't mean you need to call an ambulance and cost them $2,000 when they were just trying to reach out for help. Right. And it is, and it, and it, it sucks because there is a fine line between, between dark thoughts and suicidal ideation and actually making an attempt. Yes. I've had students fail a test and say, I'm just going to kill myself and I'll look at them and I'm like, time out. Do we need to talk? Are you being facetious? And they're like, Oh no, I'm fine. I just, I don't like my grade right now. And I should have studied harder. And I'm like, okay, as long as you're good. And they're like, yeah, 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 I'm good. Normies need to quit saying stuff like that. We all need to be more (laughs) mindful of our language. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to get rid of some of my gendered language. We all just need to be mindful and, and try to, try to just speak better and, and be and understand what those words are. I completely well, agree. And, well, and, and I've tried to be conscious because I'll say something like, Oh, that's so crazy. Or that's insane. And it's, I do the same thing. Right. <laughs> it's the colloquialisms of our, of our modern dialogue, but like, it's not really insane or crazy. And what does that do to someone who is experiencing a moment of insanity or craziness like I'm trying to be more conscious of how my words might affect someone going through a mental health crisis well and we're kind of already talking about the next article um the how pop culture should teach us how to show up for those who are struggling Mm -hmm. because you can they we're talking about the warning signs like seeing warning signs and recognizing them and stuff and like pop culture can do that for us 
and she they give an example he he gives an example that one of his favorite moments was in an episode of this is us i know so many people who watch this is us so i know that they know what this episode is um when randall P- uh, pearson is having a panic attack mm-hmm. so that's like a prime moment for them to understand that something's wrong. And so like, you have to listen to your intuition and this article calls it spidey senses. And I think that our, our listeners would probably understand spidey senses way better than intuition anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But like he, he makes a, he he shows up and like that ended up being a bad situation. And so they did have to get medical attention for him, but you know, like just listening and learning and being a friend to someone if you know someone struggles with a mental illness already then research it look it up that's how pop like pop culture can help us with that because it can show us more representations of people with bipolar who are living with bipolar in order instead of disorder Mm -hmm. like i like to think like i'm mostly in order with my bipolar like i still have the symptoms and i still have you know consequences and stuff but it's mostly together and and you work really hard every single day to be better about it that that's if we could show more of that if we could show more mm-hmm. postpartum depression and and it's not in in that case like some of the postpartum depression every single time they talk about postpartum depression the mom is killing the child or doing harm to the child or the child's neglected and that's not the case no, and you took very good care of your child but you also were going through a very bad depression swing well and what i noticed in talking to other other people that have been diagnosed with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety first of all i didn't even know postpartum anxiety was a thing until i started talking to other moms who had been diagnosed about it like that's not even mentioned in the baby books or the blogs and things like it's just not talked about um but like they always portray it as like uncontrollable sobbing and and just feelings of hopelessness and I didn't I mean yes I had some intense moments of uncontrollable sobbing but for me it was not being able to go to sleep at night because I had so convinced myself that if I went to sleep my baby would die Like he would just stop breathing. And for some reason, me staying awake for three days straight was going to keep him alive. And that is that is a level of crazy that nobody warned me about. Nobody talked about it. No, no doctor said, are you sleeping? Because like new moms don't sleep. Everybody knows new moms don't sleep. So if I'm rolling in exhausted to my doctor's appointment, oh, well, that's a new mom. Well, and that's part of the issue. Like normal people will say, oh, well, everybody goes through that. And I'm like, that's okay. Hold on a second. Because yes, everybody feels sad, but this isn't, I feel sad. This isn't, I can't sleep because my child is going to die. This, this is, this is like legit. It's an issue. It's, it's feeling that feeling 24 seven every single day. And it's not having a moment that you have to work through as a human because right. all humans have those moments they have to work through, but this is different. And that, that's what get that's what gets me all, you know, riled up. Right. Well, is, and- is you, you as a new mom, you can't sleep. Okay. That's different than you staying awake for three hours or for three days straight, because you honestly think that 
it's tied to your child's life. Right. And I was lucky enough to have you notice those changes in my behavior. I was lucky enough to have a husband who noticed those changes in my behavior. But like single moms don't have that sometimes. Or moms whose husband still has to go back to work and they don't live near family or near friends, especially like military-based moms. They don't always have that network of people. And I wish that we talked more about not just the sobbing. Well, and you know how many movies have women who are pregnant and have babies in them? Why can't half of those, which is, I think, it's a very large, I don't know the postpartum numbers, so don't hate on me but I think it's like 40 percent or something well and I learned um I think it's the this show is called Adam explains everything um, yeah yeah <laughs> I learned in one of his episodes about having babies and and all of that men can also have postpartum depression absolutely and I had like nobody talks about that um except Adam and Adam explains everything but, um, <laughs> but like the fact that that my husband could go through emotional distress because of the change in our life structure, our life routines, like, first of all, men don't talk about their mental health il- illnesses the way that women do anyway. Men are severely underdiagnosed because for some reason, culturally, we've decided that men shouldn't talk about their feelings. And you all definitely should, gentlemen, talk about your feelings. Yes, um, please. But, like, the man did not have the baby. I, at least, as a woman who had a baby, have follow-up doctor's appointments. And I get a questionnaire at every single checkup for my child for the first year. And there's, like, there's like 10 checkups in that first year, y'all. Um, every single checkup, I get a questionnaire about my mental health. Not one time did anybody ask my husband to fill out a questionnaire about his mental health. Not one time well, did the OB the fact say, that you're getting one, the fact that you're getting one though, t- 10 times, that's unusual too, I believe. Yeah, there's, there's some, well, and if a woman misses an appointment with her, with her child, like nobody goes and finds her and calls her and sees how she's no. doing. Like, no, um, and when my mom had me, they didn't, they didn't do that back then. Um, no. So, I mean, mental health for women who have had children has come a long way, but like somebody needs to be checking up on these daddies because. Yeah, doing it. Well, and, and so your husband has been a, a gem in this pregnancy again, because like he, he's for nine, 10 months, you all are your whole routines, your structures, you are changing. And, you know, he's, he's kind of, you've got to be like the matrix dodging and rolling and going with everything. And he's done such a great job. Mm -hmm. And so when the child comes, well, then it's a completely other world again, but it happens in a split second. The other way he's at least got a a slow buildup over the course of months when the child comes, it's different. So like you both going through changes would totally make sense. Absolutely. And I think, I think for us, especially this time around, like going through the experience of my postpartum last time, he knows some of the warning signs to watch for this time. I, I hope I know some of the warning signs to watch for this time, but I I might be in such a fog with with my hormones and emotions like I still might not 
recognize it in myself as it's happening the way that people around me will recognize it much faster this time. Well, and that's why we kind of like prompt you along, you know? Yeah. And speaking of prompting along, haha. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about all three articles. We did. And we, we do want to kind of get into a little bit of a lighter note real quick, if that's okay with y'all. Because Heather found this super cool podcast, and um, I, I'm really excited about them. It, it's only, I think they only did it for two, two years, mm-hmm. but they left everything online and up, and you can easily find it and go through these and have fun with them. Yeah, it's called the Jedi Council Podcast, and you can find them at Jedi dash council.com and you spell council because it's not it's not it is it's not spelled normally it's spelled like council like counseling yeah so c-o-u-n-s-e-l um as in counselors um so jedi dash council as in counseling dot com uh mental dash health dash resources uh, is the first place we'd love for you to stop because it has some great resources about mental health how about that um i mean it's fun and like really good resources yeah but they also um they're a geeky podcast like if you couldn't tell from their name um so they talk about mental health from like geek pop culture standpoint um i listened to a couple of their episodes and they just really resonated with me in a way that like normal mental health stuff doesn't. Um, And what was that movie that came out? You ended up turning one of the star Wars quotes into like a personal mantra. That was really like your red flag. Like when I saw you say it on the internet, I was like, I need to check on Whitney. Yeah, it was the force awakens. I'm one with the force. The force is with me or I'm one with the force. The forces when they, yeah. 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 And anytime I saw you post that, I was like, we're going to the dark place together today. I'm going to call her. Um, yeah. And I, I still, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a good mantra. <laughs> it's still a good call for help when I'm like, I'm on the edge, guys. And that's kind of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to kind of, as someone with the mental illness, is say the thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a key or a prompt. Another popular metaphor that I personally use a lot is the spoons metaphor. Um, I tell people, like, I'm out of spoons today or I'll message a friend to be like, I need to talk. Do you have extra spoons? Because I try not to, like, if someone else is also going through a bad mental health day, I am not going to, like, load onto them. Right. And that's, that's super awesome and respectful too. It's a very, very cool way to do it. Uh, but so didn't. Are, are you there? Yes. Well, my phone made Amber, a very strange thing. Was, We're sorry recording guys digitally. Was a noise, but it was the, an Amber alert that came up. So like everything went nuts over here. We'll edit. This Maybe. <laughs> We'll try. <laughs> um, but I, didn't they do so? What they do is they kind of do a pseudo diagnosis of pop culture characters, and they did like the Big Lebowski, and didn't they do Darth Vader? Yeah. They did do Darth Vader. Um, oh, there was another one that I I saw, and um, it's left my brain now. Mom brain has struck again. Um, Baby brain is real, man. 
It is. It really is. Um, I want to say they that they've Pulp done Fiction like in Black Mirror and Saving Private yeah. Ryan. I mean, they've got some really awesome episodes. Uh-huh. And they're mm-hmm. one of them is a doctor, and one of them has their masters. And the lady is the doctor, which I find super cool. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit about what they are. So the Jedi Council team is Dr. Katie Gordon and Brandon Saxton, and they. As I mentioned, they're not putting out new content, but they left all their podcasts and material available, especially their suicide and mental health resources. They've got resources for everything. They've got resources for the for trans line. They've got a, a, a hotline for domestic abuse. They've got a hotline for suicide. It, it, they, they've done a really good job with all of their material. Uh, one of their materials that I'm going to be checking out is eating disorders during and after pregnancy. Um, just because I'm pregnant, not because I have a history of eating disorders, but um, I'm just curious about what that might look like for some people in the world. Well, so th- I think the reason why I like them so much and why I think that pop culture as a whole can help in a much broader way is humans in general but definitely the geek world and nerd world like actually seeing you or seeing parts of you in depicted on the screen or in a podcast or however what whatever source it is source material it is it can just make you feel like you're valued and seen and understood mm-hmm. well and and there's we've talked a lot about the importance of representation for minorities in a lot of our past podcasts it's the exact same for people with mental health just knowing that you are seen goes a long way and it helps validate because I think a lot of a lot of the burden that people with mental health disorders carry is that society stigma has taught us that we're quote different that we're not normal but like when you get right down to it normies are not normal because there's way less of them like (laughs) having a mental disorder even if it's momentary like someone going through postpartum depression it doesn't mean you're going to be depressed for the rest of your life that's a moment in your life and you're going to get to the other side eventually you just need to talk to somebody or medicate up or see a therapist or something like get your hormones back in balance but um bipolar disorder that's a lifelong illness but again talking to someone medicating up or not your personal choice but doing something to take action helps you be better with dealing with it and the more that I've talked to people about mental health and and mental illness the more I'm starting to realize that like at some point in our lives we all go through that moment sometime whether it's a significant like like right now there's there's a lot of research about covid and how our, our globe is going to have people that are diagnosed in masks with post-traumatic stress disorder related to their COVID experience, especially people that have lost multiple family members or jobs and homes and things like that. Like PTSD is, is a legitimate mental health disorder. You can get to the other side of it. But there's going to be a lot of people that experience that all at once, get diagnosed with that all at once over the next couple of years. And so having the conversation about what that looks like for that person uh, is really important. Hurricane victims, 
often get diagnosed with PTSD later on. And so, um, traumatic and events. So this, this is a good way to say vote, 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 vote. We yes. need to find some um, leadership that in can our handle campaign, and deal with this pandemic. In our county, early voting is already open. National voting is November 3rd. But, like, did y'all know that under the Affordable Care Act, you get free mental health care so many sessions a year? Like, they're trying to repeal that. Some mental health disorders are pre-existing conditions under old legislation. Well, like, like the pre-Affordable Care Act. So, like, all of them, Yeah. So like because you had because you had postpartum depression if with you, your other child, even though it's even though they're separate situations and they should be considered separate situations, that's that would be considered a pre-existing condition. A pre-existing, yeah. And then if I had if I had lost health insurance on the in-between without that legislation, I might not be able to get care for, so voting for postpartum matters, depression even at this the lower time. Level. Small, small little things, small putting putting mm-hmm. putting someone in as a politician at a very young and lower level thing can have repercussions in the future if you're not choosing the right person. So people don't go and vote because it's a small election. Vote for every election. Yeah, I mean, like, our last few state governors started as mayors. So local elections lead to state elections eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Voting Super. is important, guys. For Super every important, election. y'all. So, all yeah. y'all vote okay. this I, fall. I, I did it. <laughs> oh, I, I love that alliteration. So, Very nice. Um, let's uh, let's let's end it there. We've got a little funny moment. We had we got on our little soapboxes mm-hmm. and we had our little chat, and we would like to normalize mental conversation i think that's why we kind of all always low-key do mention it because we want it to be part of normal conversations and people are doing such a good job about that especially through covid and artists through their mediums whether it's podcasts or art or poetry or books or authors we're all talking about it and it just needs to translate into our tv and movies yes so heather um oh wait i get a roll you rolled this one okay so i'm gonna i did it's your turn i rolled an eight and i don't have my new list printed out so i'm gonna go up and look and see what is eight. you go ahead and roll your d20 for your drink while i'm looking okay i'm rolling digitally guys and and so my role is an okay, 11 so we are doing an hp lovecraft short story Woo! it's perfect it's perfect time too it's just in time for two <laughs> um, oh crap my drink is a fruity beer What uh, is a fruity beer? They make all kinds of fruity beers. They make sours. They make them with different fruits. You can have a um, raspberry stuff, strawberry stuff. You can have orchid ciders. There's all kinds of weird stuff now. So, fruity beer. I'm going to sniff your beer. 
I'm going to live vicariously through your, <laughs> your okay. fruity beard by sniffing it. Um, and you rolled, what did you roll? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. An oh, 11. Sorry. Um, let's see here. Thank your you. 11 is not that. It's my 11. You don't want that. Oh, listener <laughs> suggestion. That's a new one I added to this module. So we need somebody to call in and tell us. Call in. We need somebody to message us or text us or something and give us a listener suggestion. And and our call in number is one eight 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 Adventure it's, Seed. It's no, one I'm kidding. Don't five, call that five, number. Five, I don't know who you're going to give Adventure Seed. <laughs> All right, we'll get some people. We'll we'll shoot out some some messages to people and get a suggestion. Worst case, I'll call my mom and be like, "What am I drinking today?" If I ask yeah. my husband, he's just going to tell me water because he's he does want me to be, to be healthy. healthy it's almost like person. he loves you. Uh, alrighty, <laughs> like he wants his baby to not come so, out pickled. Um, Heather, <laughs> it has been uh, an adventure here today. <laughs> Follow our quest, podcast. podcast on Facebook. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter and wherever you get podcasts because we are almost completely in it to win it on all of our podcast places again. Woot woot. And as always, may the dice well. be in your favor.